Welcome to The Infinite Gift. I'm your host, Carrie Arella. Thank you so much for being here to everybody that is new to the podcast or if you've been with me now um, for these past couple of months. I so appreciate you being here. In today's episode, I am going to talk about stalking entities, discarnate souls, and miasms. And before I get into the specifics, and of course stories, because I love a good story um, on these topics, I wanted to touch on the fact that the topics I'm choosing lately are really related to the times we're in right now. We are going through a lot of newness and hashtag new earth really seeing things differently, going through a lot of generational healing, a lot of unraveling of past behaviors that absolutely do not serve in any way, shape, or form anymore. So what I'm doing with these topics that I'm bringing up is to address that time between noticing, wanting to noticing that something needs to change and the time in between of getting to uh, a new way of living, a new way of seeing, a new way of being. And that journey can involve a lot. There's a lot of stress. There's a lot of pain that can come up uh, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. So these different elements that come in and knowing what's happening will just give you more information and more ease. That's the, that's the goal, a little more ease during this. Now, any kind of long-term healing unraveling, it's, it's going to be painful. There's just going to, it's just going to be painful. I don't know what else to say. It's, we don't know how to interact with ourselves or each other or the world. And so it's, it's, it's just going to be a little bit difficult to, to incorporate all that and integrate it all and not, and I don't want to sugarcoat it, but I also don't want to be like, okay, it's the worst thing ever. It's going to be good, you know, having a little bit of um, acknowledgement of past traumas or pains or situations for a moment and working through it. That's a short time compared to a lifetime of having that still attached, uh, still defining your daily life. So that's why (laughs) I'm going into this. And going into these tougher topics, because it's something that we really need to bring out in the open. We really need to talk about it more as a culture, as a society, as neighbors, as family members, and just know that we're all going through something and we've all gone through something and we need to hold space for it. It's so very, very important that we hold space for our our past 
and where we are at in our journey right now. So with stocking entities, let's start with the stocking entities. So stocking entities are an entity that's obviously not in a body anymore. So it's a soul that we can have get attached to us. Maybe if we're at the grocery store or um, out in public somewhere. So you're around other beings, usually other people, and maybe you've just had a, a crap day or you're feeling sad about something or you just had a cry and you're still kind of raw, but you needed to go get something at the store. And the stocking entity then can find that alignment and energy and attach, okay? It's not necessarily personal. A stocking entity is not going to have a personal connection to you necessarily. It's more of the energy that you're carrying at that moment. Um, and a stocking entity doesn't carry any programs. So... I have found and I have found clients when they tell me of their tales with a stocking entity, it feels like either somebody's kind of watching you or you might have a dream or almost a nightmare or uncomfortable dream. It doesn't necessarily have to be a nightmare that you're just like, ew, you know, I don't, I don't want you in my car. I don't want you in my home. Get out of my house, right? If you've ever had those dreams and you're trying to get somebody out of your house, you probably have a stocking entity hanging around you. And they can be um, aligned to um, light or dark. And they just will exacerbate something you already have currently going on. So say you're dealing with um, a, a sore neck. Maybe you've gotten a... a a car accident, maybe even just a little bumper, but it was enough to give you whiplash and you're dealing with some neck pain and it kind of started to go away and then it started to come back again. They can just exacerbate that. So they, they're just kind of, they, they're just irritating overall. Um, so when our vibrations are lowered either by physical or emotional pain or even a substance. So this is very important. Um, you know, when you alter your mind and you alter your state of being as it naturally is, this can change your frequency. And anytime you change your frequency, your frequency changes, you have the ability to pick up on or attract that same frequency. Okay. And a lot of people, I, I know this is kind of a sidebar and, and I understand I take CBD and I take a full spectrum um, but a lot of times people are like, oh, but it's a plant, you know, if they smoke pot and I'm like, well, sure, it's a plant, but it's still altering you. And so depending on where you're at that day, you know, you could, you know, be in a lot of pain or, um, just ha didn't have a great day. So just keep that in mind. Not saying don't smoke pot. That's something you, you choose to do, um, or have a couple of drinks, but just know it changes your frequency. Okay. So when we change our frequency and a lot of times when our mind is altered, it can lower. So you could be at a higher frequency, you have a couple drinks or have, or smoke or alter your mind in some way, shape or form. And it just, it lowers it. Okay. 
Um, and of course, this can all be temporary. It doesn't have to be every time or all the time. Um, but just to keep in mind, it's just to keep in mind. It's not saying you shouldn't do this or that. Okay. Of course, everything in moderation. So here is my stocking entity tale. So this is one of the ways I knew I had a stocking entity. I woke up from a dream one morning, a couple of years back, and I was dreaming of this like blonde haired man. He was young, probably early twenties, maybe. Um, I was in my car in like this parking lot with a lot of other cars, but it wasn't like a help me. I wasn't at a store or anything. Um, but there was a lot of other vehicles around me, um, including like there was trucks, like, um, you know, long haul trucks kinds of things and, and big rigs. And I um, was in the front seat and I was in the passenger side of my car and he came to that window of my passenger side. And I remember looking at him and I immediately pushed the lock down and it was like one of those old <laughs> locks to an older vehicle where it kind of would pop up so if it's up it meant it was you know able to be open and if you push it down it locked it so I immediately pushed it down so that he couldn't come in and I remember just thinking I don't want you here and he, he looked like a person he didn't look strange or you know like a monster or anything um just looked like a regular person but I didn't want him in my vehicle and there was another part where it's like that car turned into this big rig but it was almost like my living space and I was trying to like almost put down a shade a bit in one part of it to separate it out and again, just trying to get some space and get away and just feeling irritated and like, no, you're not definitely not coming in here. And so then I, of course, cleared it. But then I was like, okay, where did that come from? And it's not necessarily so important to know where a stocking entity comes from because, again, it's matching a vibration of where you're at at the time. It's not personal. But I was curious. And so I immediately got shown when I was in meditation, clearing and um, asking about this, I was in a parking lot in the neighborhood I was in to the Target. And this particular uh, shopping center was always busy. There was always so many people uh, walking or driving um, around this shopping center. And there was like a grocery store, a large grocery store, um, called King Supers and like an Ace Hardware, a couple places to eat, a bank. Um, and so I was in my Lexus at the time and I had this older Lexus and named Marty and I was going to get in the car and I remember seeing this couple and they were kind of walking down the middle of the, the, where you park, you know, the, the aisle that you would park your car. So there wasn't necessarily a parking or a walking like path, or sometimes there's like a sidewalk between where you park 
cars. There wasn't that. And if there was, they were just walking down the middle of the aisle. And I was like, okay, whatever. You know, um, I went and got my bags and put them in my car. And I remember looking out the back and I mentioned that it's an older car, an older Lexus, because the windows were, um, uh, large and it wasn't like I had any obstruction, you know, it was a four door sedan, but it's not like I had any obstruction looking out. So I could really see where I was going. And again, very busy shopping center. So I was like looking over my shoulders, you know, a million times right and left just to make sure. And I knew this couple was walking cause they had started to walk down the aisle. So they were a bit a ways away from my car. They weren't at my car. So I go to slowly inch, inch out to let them know, okay, you know, I'm trying to, to move my vehicle and they just kept in the middle of the, of the aisle. And I thought weird. Cause usually if you see a car that's about to move, you, you either go, okay, I'm going to stop and let them do their thing, or I'm just going to move out of the way, you know, move to one side. Um, cause again, it's kind of where, you know, you would, think of just of more cars being yes, people then again, usually when you're walking to your car, you, you try to stay to maybe the side your car is on or kind of hug the cars. Cause you know, there might be a vehicle driving down and so they didn't budge. So I, you know, I just inched a little bit more, but still I'm not, I'm not moving, you know, fast or, um, going anywhere because they're right there. And so, you know, I'm like, okay, well, they'll walk by and they'll be gone soon. So for some reason, even though I was so, going so slow, tiptoeing, you know, really making sure and, you know, looking out for basically them, they got it and they kind of scooted over to one side and they stopped at one point. And I thought, okay. So then I, it, that gave me kind of space to move out. So I did. And they looked at my car and they started to run after my car. And I was like, what is wrong with these people? You know, and then I thought they had like big gulp cups. And I thought, well, you know, I don't know. Are they drunk? I mean, do they have liquor in there? But, you know, is it not just soda or something? I mean, you're thinking, why is somebody chasing after my car when I'm, you know, going slow? And what are, what are you going to do chasing after my car in broad daylight and that? busy a parking lot. Strange. So anyways, <laughs> that story is to let you know, that's where I picked up the stalking entity. Um, again, they do not run programs. The energy just matches. They are irritating and increase something that you already have going on. So they're not causing anything. So any physical ailment or even some um, not great story you're telling yourself that you're dealing with, they would um, come in and be irritating or more irritating around all of that. And again, you know, doing a simple clearing, um, they're in the energetic matrix, they're not necessarily in a chakra, okay, because that would be more of a program and would come from my next topic, a discarnate soul. So a discarnate soul or a non-embodied soul is another attachment that can happen. And this one is more personal. This is going to be some uh, soul that you either knew, knew of, or 
somehow needed to help you with something. So for example, say you had a, a, a grandparent that you weren't super close to, you knew them, but maybe they were close to mom. And when they passed, they didn't know they were passing, you know, heart attack or um, an accident. And they knew that you were going to go through something. They stuck around and they stuck around to you because there was an alignment, again, of energy. So alignment of energy. This is how this one happens too, but more personal. Um, you can carry a discarnate soul over from a past life or they can attach in present life. Okay. So you can have a soul that's not embodied that you were born into this life with. And, you know, that can cause more and more chaos, the more lifetimes that you have that soul attached because you've got a soul attached that's not you and they're not able to go on to do their path and purpose and their soul business. So it just, even if it's a kindness or a helping souls, a lot of times, especially ones we know, think they're going to help us in some way, shape or form, but it can ultimately cause more chaos than harmony. When a soul passes and it doesn't go on to higher realms, it stays either at our dimension, the third dimension or at fourth dimension. So the difference between third dimension and fourth dimension, of course, third is here, earth, what we're doing now. Um, the fourth dimension is going to be um, more of what we term of, you know, seeing ghosts. Um, we call it the smog belt in spiritual circles because it the fifth dimension is the akashic dimension so that's all our past life records and our soul's history you know it's just kind of this space where you there's just a little bit of a of an in between this and getting to that next state of being um, with the fourth dimension so again bit of a smog belt ghost and paranormal activity a lot hangs out in that dimension. That being said, the third dimension, if, if a discarnate soul that's attached to you is attached in our dimension and the third dimension, they can make something move, make a light flick, um, something physical that's going on in that's tangible. Now the fourth dimension, again, um, you might feel more ghost goosebumps or, you know, the full body chills. Um, if that soul is around or doing something, uh, it can usually not be as intense if they're at fourth dimension for you in third dimension, than a soul that's attached to this in third dimension. Cause again, they're trying to figure stuff out as a soul without a body on earth and it's it's just you know a soul's not meant to be on earth not in a body that's just not supposed to to it happen it doesn't carry the density right so it's kind of always looking for that density and that's why it'll a soul a lot of times will attach to a person or a place 
because it needs that that um, solid mass to be here and to function here. Um, again, many times the a soul will pass on and attach because it thinks it's going to help. Um, oh, you know, someone's going to go through a hard time or they're going to feel a sense of of pain. And because that soul felt a similar pain, right, then that attach they attach to you. Um, a discarnate soul usually hangs around when they have passed quickly uh, and without knowing. So possibly by a car accident or some other kind of accident, a heart attack, anything where it it, it wasn't expected. Um, and they aren't sure what happened. Um, maybe they feel like they had more business to do here. So they'll stick around. And again, they'll find something that's familiar, a person or a place, um, an energy that's in alignment. And here's the thing. A discarnate soul holds more weight than a stocking entity because it is going to run a program to be here. And that program usually has a lower frequency element attached to it. So it's something that it's, it's feeding off that lower vibration again because they can feel that a little bit more to attach. So let's go into an example of what a discarnate soul looks like attached um, and why it happens and an element that might come from it. So let's say a client, I'm, in a, I'm doing this totally off the cuff. This is not an actual client story, um, although that will be a part of the podcast soon. Um, a client, this is just something I made up. Um, but let's say a client comes in and this client um, says, you know, I've, I've been having hip pain and um, about, you know, for the last two years and it's gotten more intense lately. I've been to uh, massage therapists, chiropractors, the doctor. Um, I've, you know, seen people for it. I feel like there's something more going on and something more on an energetic level. And when I say, I start to get into, okay, you know, um, you know, do you think of anybody in particular, um, does anyone come to mind when you think of this pain or a situation? And a lot of times, you know, they will, they'll, they will, there will be a person that they think of. And this particular client then, um, said that her husband had passed away of a heart attack two years prior. And so I start to go into, okay, this is a discarnate soul, um, that we're, we're looking into and the energetic nature that's attached to why they, why it happened between them is disappointment. He's sad that he left, right? He's sad that he had this heart attack and left her. And she had felt some disappointment in herself with not fulfilling all of her passions in life. In fact, at one time she used to paint and she really enjoyed painting and she would paint in watercolors and acrylics and she really found so much 
connection to self and connection in a community. And, you know, that's another side of your soul when you, when you create. And so she felt a bit of disappointment that she didn't, wasn't still doing that and didn't continue doing that. You know, life got in the way, family, work, etc. So there's the, and it's hanging out in her chakra too, which is right where hip, the hip would be in one of the areas. So, which, what, which also hosts chakra two, passions and creativity. A lot of times our connection to our spouses too, generational healing and whatnot. So there's an example of a discarnate soul being attached and what it looks like, how it manifests physically, how that alignment happens energetically. And again, you know, her husband and her had a good relationship. It was, there wasn't a negativity between them necessarily that would uh, make him, you know, it wasn't a negative experience. It was, you know, something positive, but because he wasn't on his path and purpose, um, his soul's path and purpose, you know, wasn't to be here, not in the body. Okay. So then it was chaotic. It wasn't in harmony because that wasn't um, what it should be. So then I ask for that soul to go on. And I've had people say in the past too, oh, but if they, if you release them, will I still be able to feel close? Yes, a hundred percent. It will just be a clearer connection because you won't have that energetic nature that's not serving anybody anymore, keeping you attached. So you'll have a chance to interact with them without the hip pain. Okay. Without the disappointment hanging around, because let's go ahead and clear that out. Let's take the steps to ask for that to clear from the chakras and then all the things that then the client would do to continue to release that energy, but that connection would still be there. You'll still be able to have that connection with that passed on loved one. Um, and that's what I term um, a discarnate soul a lot with clients or, um, when I'm talking, here's a passed on loved one. Um, and it's just so interesting how those relationships and interactions happen even after somebody passes. So that's an example of discarnate soul again runs a program. Usually there's a, there always is some kind of a personal connection to it. And even if it's a good interaction and was a good interaction in life, it's not something we necessarily want moving forward for us or the, the um, soul that's passed on. So the last one I'd like to talk about is called a miasm, and I call this a miasm. Um, there can be other teachings that call a miasm something a little different. This is, though, something I call a miasm and how I see it energetically when I'm clearing, and I've cleared this for clients and for myself, too. So miasm... Um, in this sense, um, Akashic sense, is a collective area um, of mass trauma 
or abuse or something terrifying that happened to a group of people and it hangs out in an area, okay? So an area or land. Now it's interesting because the definition, if you look up miasm, it's like medically speaking, uh, um, you know, an area of three different um, ailments. And I was like, oh, that's, I mean, it's just kind of interesting, right? I always like to know like the technical term for something too. Um, and another part of, of the definition was an influence or an atmosphere that tends to deplete or corrupt. It obscures or it's like a fog. And I'm like, well, kind of does look like a fog, you know, for me, a miasm, um, energetically, when I pick it up, it's a bit of a fog and, you know, obscuring what could actually be or what's underneath, because a lot of times, especially if you are an, an empath or seer, you feel this a lot first, especially if it's around your home or business, you know, somewhere where you're trying to um, do other things, I'm, you know, having a birthday or I'm having um, general business goings on or, um, you know, just day-to-day -day things, breakfast. So you're not really thinking there's going to be some energetic mass that's weighing the area down. Um, the group of people can be either related by birth or geographic area. Um, and again, they've passed by some kind of collective trauma that was an accident, like let's say a fire or Think of all the, um, this happens a lot, and this will be a part of my example and story on miasm, um, the native tribes and um, lands and how those were all the trauma and fear and unjust and pure, I'm, I'm hearing evil that didn't need to happen at all. But that's the kind of energy that would, or that's the kind of goings on that would create then a group energy, a miasm of, of severe trauma. So my, my personal story does involve the Ute tribes from Southern Colorado, that's where I was living and I interacted with the souls, these certain souls, so passed on ones. I happened to live in um, a cul-de-sac and I was living uh, in a home that I had purchased um, that was a newer build. So I think the home was like five years old. It had a large backyard and it butted up to a little creek and then there was a walking path and I would walk along the path um, all the time. And there was one certain area when I was in the house, but I kind of looked out to the left and I couldn't always necessarily see it from the house, but energetically it felt off. I really didn't like it. I didn't want to go that way. Okay. A ton. But it felt very depressing. It felt very 
sad. It, um, pure horror and torture is what I have gotten when I started to look into releasing the energy. Um, It just felt heavier out there. And even one time my cat at the time, Pele, had like gotten oddly stuck in in the creek water. It wasn't always like rushing or like a ton. Some, some little areas, it was like just a trickle, you know. So it was just kind of mainly a little bit wet. Um, there was some rocks and dirt. and So it wasn't like deep water. And she kind of got stuck in that little area. It was, it was kind of odd. Um, but there was an overall sadness at the time that I couldn't quite put my finger on. And the whole area for me, um, had a bit of sadness to it and I couldn't, you know, quite put my finger uh, on it at first. And then I started to, um, you know, spend more time, uh, in certain areas, um, spend more time in quiet in areas. Um, I would visit a lot of the hot springs in the area so I had some time to be like outside in nature. And then I remember, I don't know if it was a gal I worked with or I, I can't even remember, but I remember her, but I do vividly remember her saying, you know, if you ever leave the area, make sure and take a little bit of the dirt with you um, because there's a curse set on the land. And I'm like, yeah, most definitely a curse has been set and, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where it's like you felt that heaviness and it just felt so bad. And I felt really, I felt not great being there. And even when I first got there, I knew I wasn't going to be there long-term. And, you know, this is not to say that it's a bad area. Um, this is just my personal experience there and everybody's going to have different experiences in different areas. And, you know, I had no ties to the area. Um, so there wasn't any family or, you know, I didn't have any kind of ties to the areas. Everything was very new. So I'm just picking up on, you know, somebody who doesn't have anything else going on from the area, but the sadness and the torture and the terror um, that this, these Ute tribes had experienced under colonization. And uh, it, it, it's so heavy. It's so very heavy. Um, I have since petitioned for clearing of that area of the miasm, um, of having those stuck souls go on to their soul's path and purpose to higher realms. Um, and, of course, asking guides and my guides and you know is this is this something that's wanted and especially souls that have gone through such torture it's like continued torture how awful and you know it just will feel sad bad so a miasm area an area where this miasm sometimes it might feel even like 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 you're walking through plasma or something, right? Uh, but there's it just, it feels icky. Um, so actually physically going through it. And, you know, this is why too, you know, when, when souls are stuck, 
and they've gone through something so terrible. Um, I, I feel not only terrible for what they've gone through, but their continued, um, pain. And I, on a side note, love a good, like, um, haunting or ghost story, but you know, and, and myism is more extreme. Not every um, soul that's disembodied will have this. But again, the myism has the the pain and the terror and the torture and the and the trauma attached to it. So it's 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 just gonna weigh and be sad. So we always want those those souls to not be in pain anymore um, and to be able to experience what their soul is meant to do. Um, but that's the story for myasms then. And so getting into ghosts or haunting. So I, I was saying, I do enjoy a good tale of haunting or, or um, ghost stories, you know, I was listening to a podcast I enjoy called, called Morbid, and they were talking about um, haunted roads, or what did they call them? <laughs> Fucked up roads or something like that. I can't remember, but I love tales like that. I always feel like at the end, though, that of hearing a like a story like this like I really want to be able to like talk to that soul and see if they want to go up to astral astral realms or you know not be stuck here because I'm like are they just like you know going up to a car on the road and and you know getting in the car or you know whatever they're doing because they're like I don't know what to do with my you know I'm stuck and so you know I just want to say do you want to not be stuck? Do you want to, you know, do you want help? Um, so, but that's just, that's just me. And I know that all the ghost stories and the hauntings that, that people, um, areas hold, you know, but I always, I always think, does that soul not want to be here anymore? You know, do they want to actually most likely, um, be in higher realms and and not here on earth not in a body a soul isn't meant to be on earth without a body it, they're just not so that's stalking entities discarnate souls and miasms um if you have any questions about your own personal journey with any of these um you're welcome to reach out to me on my website at ancientbodyworks.co where you can have a private session. Um, listener support is always welcome. There's a button um, at the bottom of most places where you would listen to podcasts. More, I also have a Patreon, um, theinfinitedance.com or patreon.com forward slash the infinite dance. Um, you can find me on Twitter at infinite dance and then the number eight. Um, I'm on Facebook too. The infinite dance is a private group. Uh, I'd love to have you. I like to keep it private so that 
um, we can kind of really have a nice safe space to share our stories with each other. Um, I am on Instagram. I am on Instagram right now under my um, my umbrella business, Ancient Body Works. Um, but I'd love to have you there. And the more we know of all of this, I believe the more power we have to um, interact with our, in our journey, um, coming from heart space, coming from heart space. So, and you know, whether a, a soul is in a body or out of body, I'm always, you know, wanting to know that they are where they need to be. That's, that's just something very important to me, um, on, in my time on earth. So, I will look forward to being here with all of you next week. Please tune in every Tuesday at 8 a.m. I, I do put a new episode out. And like I said, I am going to start um, doing um, listener and or client stories. So if you have a story um, about souls, your business, your soul business that you would like to share. Um, you could send me an email at carrylinarata at gmail.com. And, um, if you want your name involved or not, you know, I can stay anonymous, but I would love to have your stories. Um, yeah. So keep peeling back the layers and, Keep asking yourselves and others, may I have this dance?